We're going to look at chapter 2 of Jonah um, this evening. And while you're we're talking about it, I want you to think about, a, about, this, about this question. What purpose does Jonah 2 serve in, in the book? Why is it included? And we'll talk about that at the end. Let's go ahead and bow in a, a word of prayer then. Um, Father, we, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you've given it to us so that we might know you better and that we might um, know how to live our lives in, in, in wise living to, to please and honor you. Father, we ask that you will help us as we look tonight more into how to study your word, how to look at poetry, and how to look at um, the, the figures of speech that are in, in the poetry. We pray your blessings upon us, and we pray that your Holy Spirit might teach us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we, we looked at last week um, some of the different types of, of psalms. And if you want to pull out that um, sheet of, of the kind of, of psalms or the kind of hymns there are in the, um, in the Old Testament. Okay, um, what type of psalm or what type of hymn is this? Some of the different psalms are praise psalms. Lament of prayer psalms, thanksgiving psalms, psalms of confidence, trust, royal psalms, psalms of God's, of God's kingship, wisdom psalms. <laughs> well, general. Is it lament, would you say, partly at the beginning? I think it's more a, a psalm of, of thanksgiving. Yeah. I think that's right. Is that I mean our idea is that the sailors threw him overboard, and there was this big fish with his mouth open, and he plopped down in. But but if you look at this closely, it's a, a different a different picture. Um, th- there are two types of psalms that generally you might say this is. I mean, one would be a, a thanksgiving, which you thank God for an answer to a to a petition. And also there's like hymns of praise, which is a call for God's people to praise God for his attributes and, and or his deeds. But I think this is more in the, the type of a Thanksgiving psalm. And um, the, this section is, is from 117 to 2 verse, verse 10. It says that in 117 that... Um, well, let me just read this whole, the whole, the whole section here. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. And Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall look, again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head. 
at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought me up. You brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hopes of their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish and vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. The um, structure of this psalm could be, um, verse 1 would be a narrative introduction. It's kind of a, a narrative of, of what happened. Verse 2 would be an introductory summary of, of, of the psalm. Um, I called out to the Lord out of my distress and he answered me. Out of the belly of, of Sheol I cried and you heard my voice. Um, verses 3 to 6 are God's, God's deliverance. Um, and then verse 7 is a concluding, a concluding summary. And then verses 8 or 9 are his vow of praise, his vow of thanksgiving. And then um, 10 is God sends the fish to deposit Jonah upon, upon the dry land. There, there are three, there might be more, but there are three characteristics that I'd like to focus on on this psalm. One is the parallelism of Hebrew poetry. And then two, the writers present their material in images. It's not just a, a concise argument where going through point one, point two, point three, that logical steps will flow, but he's trying to present a, trying to present a, an image. And then the, the third one is that they use, they use figurative language. Um, so let's look at this psalm. We can see some of these things in here. Verse 2, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. So right away you see that there's a, a parallel structure here. Called versus, versus cried. Um, distress versus belly of Sheol. Answered versus heard. So what type of parallelism would you call this? Synonymous? Yes. It's a, a basically a, a repeating of the thoughts in the same manner. And what is Sheol? The underworld or the, the place of the dead? Um, had, Jonah, had Jonah died? No, but there's figurative language. That isn't another word for that hyper- hyperbole. Yeah. Hyperbole. This next verse kind of gives that um, third verse here. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the floods surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. That's, that's exactly right. Where, you know, who was it actually cast him into the sea? It, it was it, it was the sailors, but he says, "You God cast me into the sea." So he sees the, the sovereignty of, of the Lord. 
Um, and like Joy was mentioning, your waves and your, your bills passed over me. Um, there's a parallelism here. It says, you cast me and then the flood, the flood surrounded me. What kind of parallelism is that? Consequence. Um, yeah, you did this, and the result was this. This happened to me. Have you ever been in a in the Gulf or an ocean, and a big wave hits you and knocks you over? This is the, this is the, the, what he's kind of saying here. I mean, it's it's a moment of a panic when when this water hits you, you knocks you down. You, you can't you can't breathe. You're being rolled because of the wave. Um, and it's this feeling that you're drowning. You can't get enough air, you know, and that this, the waters have overcome you. And this is the image that, that he's presenting here, you know, just being helpless in the midst of the, of the ocean. Yeah. He is. Yeah, and this next verse here, it's, 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 he says that. He says, um, I am driven away from your side, yet I shall look again upon your holy temple. So, even though the circumstances says I'm not going to make it out of here, yet there's still there's still hope. Okay, um, verses verses five and six. You know the waters closed in over me to take my life. Paul, to, did I interrupt? Yes. I was wondering what was meant by holy. Also, in down in verse in verse seven, it talks about the temple, and I think that you know the Lord's everywhere. God is everywhere, and in the Old Testament times, the place where you, like as Don was saying, where you prayed to God was toward, was toward the temple. So God is pictured here as being in his temple and his prayers are going to God, God who is in, God who is in the temple. One thing about verse 6 here, um, it says, I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. What, what do you think the bars is, is, is referring to that, that's that's right the the bars are the, like the gates of the gates of Sheol. He, you know he's saying he's, he's, he's remember he's using the figures of the figures of death to describe his his experience okay um, let's look at the last section here his um his vow of vow of praise those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs, belongs to the Lord. So he, there's a contrast here um, in this first phrase here. Vain idols, he's re- referring back to the, the, peg, the, the pagan sailors. Remember, they offered... Uh, at first, they prayed to their gods to help them. So, um, but you notice in 16 of um, chapter one that the that the sailors did offer sacrifice to God and made and made vows. So, the sailors experienced God's love, God's God's steadfast love, and then Jonah ended up in ended up in the sea. Um, but then, when he acknowledges God, he says that salvation belongs belongs to the Lord. And I think this phrase is kind of like a hinge to you know to the to the whole book. Um, 
that salvation is is of the Lord, whether it's the pagan sailors, uh, Jonah, or the Ninevites themselves. Salvation belong, belongs to the Lord. Now, I asked you at the beginning of what purpose does Jonah, this chapter, verse chapter two, serve? Why is it included in, included in the in, in the book? Okay. Yes. Okay. So we see that you know God showed grace and mercy to a unrepentant Jonah. This means that you know that we should show grace and mercy to you know to those people people around us. And and because God showed grace to to Jonah, now he should show grace to a huge city with 120,000 people that have that have repented and and we see that Jonah uses figures of death to show that without God's inter- intervention he, he would have died you know when he was thrown into the water with the storm raging and everything and going sinking to the bottom there was no way that he could have made it unless God had intervened so we see that salvation in every sense both a physical sense rescuing him from the sea and also in, in a spiritual sense that salvation belongs to the Lord. You know, as Don mentioned earlier that he's using a, a type of psalm that is offered in, in the temple where he praises God and gives thanks to God for what, what he has done and then so that's encouragement for other people to thank God and, and, and praise him. And, um, you know, this is true of us. We deserve death. But because of God's grace and God's mercy, shows compassion, compassion upon us. Um, two quick things from the New Testament about, about Jonah. Remember in Matthew 12, um, Jesus uses the sign of Jonah as being an example that he would be in the, in the earth for, for, for three days, for three days and three nights. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it says that, talking about the gospel, and it says that Jesus was buried and was raised on the third day according, according to the scriptures. And um, there's only two places that I could find in the Old Testament that speak of, of three days. And one is in Hosea 6.2, where it says after, after three days he, he will raise us up. And then Jonah 2 here, where... The figure of, of of death is used, and then God lifted them up out of the waters, so raised them up. Okay, Joy, I think you had something. He goes to Nineveh, and he's going to preach, but he really wants God to rain judgment down down upon them. Okay, Don. Uh, Scott, why don't you read the first three verses? Okay, the, uh, he wants God to quit chastening him. Uh, he doesn't want God in his anger to uh, chasten him any longer. That's his uh, petition in a negative sense. Rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath. So he sees his problem as being disciplined by God in anger. He asked God to be uh, gracious to him his uh, 
being is languishing. He's troubled. His bones are all weary. My soul also is greatly troubled. But you, O Lord, how long? Then he asked the Lord, Turn, O Lord, deliver my life. Save me for the sake of your steadfast love. Okay, so there's two reasons why he wants God to save him. To uh, be gracious and stop chastening him. Because of God's mercy. mercy, his steadfast love. For in death there is no remembrance of you. In Sheol, who will give you praise? If you don't save me, you lose a worshiper. <laughs> I make a deal with you. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, and then he comes back again to his lament. I'm weary with my moaning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. <laughs> Isn't that a little hyperbole? Uh, he moans and he floods his bed with his tears. I drench my couch with my weeping. My eye wastes away because of grief. It grows weak because of all my foes. So his foes are oppressing him. He sees that as from God, and he wants God to quit it. <laughs> so, uh, depart from me, all you workers of evil. I'm trying to remember the name of this figure. Uh, it's where you turn from talking about someone to addressing them directly. And it's like they're right there next to him. He's not lamenting to, to God. He's talking to them in the second person. Yes, depart from me, all you workers of evil, for the Lord has heard the sound of my uh, weeping. The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies shall be ashamed and greatly troubled. They shall turn back and be put to shame in a moment. Back into the third person. Back into the third uh, person. So he sees with confidence that God is going to answer his uh, his prayer. That's just one uh, element. Uh, let me do one other thing real quick. Let's do this uh, this short uh, hymn. Okay, a, a hymn is characterized by a call to praise and a cause for praise. Okay, praise the Lord, praise, O servants of the Lord, praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Okay, from the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be, uh, is to be praised. So he talks about uh, where, everywhere, and uh, when, <laughs> all the time. The Lord is high above all nations, his glory above the heavens. So the Lord is exalted. Who is like the Lord our God, who is seated on high, who looks far down on the heavens and the earth? So the Lord in his exaltedness, he's the, it's like he's way up there and he's looking down here. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them set with princes, with the princes of his people, 
He gives the barren woman a home, making her the joyous mother of children. So he's way out there, but he's way down here with uh, the poor and the needy. Who takes care of the poor and the needy? God does. See, if the other, if people aren't going to do it, which they should, God does. Yes, the widows and the orphans, the foreigners, the widows, the orphans, and the castouts. God is exalted above all. Okay, next week we'll start on. We'll start with prophecy.